With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Hello and welcome, and this is Cindy Meyer, and this is the weekly Spirit Seeker Hour. And each week we bring you fabulous, fascinating guests who are on the cutting edge of the mind, body, and spirit from, you know, being writers, being researchers, musicians, artists, whatever it is that is uh, strengthening the mind, body, spirit, we bring it to you. And this this weekend, uh, Spirit Seeker will be in two holistic expos in Kansas City. We will be in uh, two expos in uh, Arkansas next weekend. We will uh, be in an expo in St. Louis. So anything in the Midwest, we seek it out. And if we have missed it, please do send us an email to info at spiritseeker.com. Okay, and you can read the April issue as the little uh, commercial set at the beginning uh, at www.spiritseeker.com. Okay, so tonight's guest is Dolores Cannon. And we um, we could talk about so many different things with Dolores, but the main thing we're going to talk about tonight is the UFO conference that has uh, is in its 27th year, and it's going to be next weekend um, on April 12th. It will start in... Um, in uh, Eureka Spring, well, Dolores is going to tell me, but I do. It's in Arkansas, and um, but Dolores has been uh, working in the area of the mind and the body and the spirit for, I mean, a long time. Um, she she's has her own uh, hypnotherapy regression technique. She's traveling all over the world teaching that. But I'm going to stop talking, and we'll hear from Dolores. So, Dolores, welcome to the call. Okay. I just want to correct you, though. It's the 26th year of the conference this weekend. You know what? I looked at that, and I thought I crossed over. I, You know, Spirit Seeker <laughs> had their 27th conference last year, and I looked at them like, oh, no, it's the 26th. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but you know, you've written books on this topic. You know, you're, you know, it didn't surprise me when all of a sudden I see that you are, this is one of your new, well, not new, you've been involved with it, but um, this is one of your, your total baby now. So, so let's hear, um, you know, just how, you know, Taurus, just tell us how you got involved with this UFO phenomena and the intelligence from the other realms, et cetera. Okay. All right. But, um, yeah, you know, I've been doing this work for 45 years, and I've also <laughs> been a UFO investigator for over 25 years. Wow. So I've been involved in the paranormal for a very long time. But with the UFO conference, I've been in that since the very beginning and I just inherited it this year because I've always been involved whenever Lou Parrish had it because we all started it out together, and that was 26 years ago. Wow. You know, so uh, you know, Lou was a wonderful man, and this was his baby, but we always helped with it, and we saw it grow from 50 people at the first conference to what we have now, and we're going to have a sellout crowd this weekend. But... Um, he was the one who started it, but he died two years ago. And another man took it over for those two years, but, you know, it just wasn't uh, his baby. He had a hard time with it because he wasn't used to doing conferences. And, and I understand that. Conferences are not easy to put on. And he was just going to stop the conference after 25 years. And then he was talking to me about it, and he said, It'll stop unless you agree to take it over. So I guess I've inherited it. But, you know, I've been there since day one, so I've watched it grow and everything. So I said, yeah, I can do it because 
We also have our transformation conference. It's eight years now, and that's in July. So I know how to do a conference. So we started, um, we, we told them we would do the UFO conference too. And I know everybody in this field, all of the UFO investigators, all the people in the paranormal, so it's not hard to find speakers because I go to all these things myself. So this one this weekend is going to be fantastic. We're bringing in new blood that has never been in this conference before. So it's going to be very exciting. And I'll be talking about the different speakers and tell you what they're what they're going to be doing. But Absolutely. that's how I got involved with the conference. But um, Lou Farish is the one that got me started in the UFO investigations in the first place. So that's another debt that I really owe him. Because in the 80s is when he asked me to come in as an investigator, and I was already writing books on the paranormal, but I had not really stepped into the UFO field. And they were looking for someone who could work on this with hypnotic uh, sessions because they did, if we live in Arkansas, you know, we're in Arkansas, you're going to find somebody who can work on something so strange. Dolores Cannon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they called me and said they had a woman who they thought had had a UFO experience, you know, an abduction experience, and they'd called in a psychologist to work with her. Well, the psychologist didn't know what to do. Remember in the 80s, this hypnosis in this field were just really getting started. And in his uh, regression, he had the person on board the craft and was beginning to get information. He suddenly just woke the person up, which that's the worst kind of therapy you can ever do is just jerk somebody out of trance. So uh, he didn't know what to do. He said, I don't know what questions to ask. It's not in the book. So he had no background in it. So Lou called me and he said, would I be interested in helping them? He said, you've been involved in the bazaar for so long, I don't think this will frighten you. I said, nope, it don't frighten me. I'm just too curious. I just want to know more. So he asked me if I would uh, come and do the hypnosis. The only difference was, in my my technique at that time, I was working with past lives. And this meant that I would have to keep the person in this lifetime to explore the, what they suspected case was. I'd never done that. So we were going to do this first case for me in front of 25 investigators that had come up for a meeting. And I didn't know the woman. They brought her from Oklahoma. She didn't know us. I didn't know her. It's a, not a very good atmosphere to have a session and I call it the goldfish bowl situation. Everybody's sitting around watching what's going to happen. So I didn't tell them this was my first time to try this. We just went ahead with it. And it worked beautifully. And then after that, I just kept doing more and more cases, especially with Lou Farish and Jerry Blackburn. And we were investigating cases all over Arkansas. So I got involved in all of that. And then in 92, I went to England for the first time and was investigating the crop circles. So I've been in that, too, since it first began to be noticed. So I've seen a lot of the growth of all of this. So now I've got the the conference. As though I didn't need anything else to do. Well, and you know, you have your 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 home and your business and everything on top of the mountain. And I and I I thought, you know what? It just must be. It, it's so good that you planned ahead and you have the space for growth because you just um you know you, you, your family's involved and you know you just you've just done a lot. So you mentioned that you just came back from Turkey and, you know, where else have you been? And just in the last year, Dolores, I mean, I want our listeners to get a little bit about who you are. <laughs> oh, I've, I've, so I've telling Cindy, I've been spending more time out of the country now than I'm in the country. I do a lot of conferences and uh, lectures all over America in my classes, but I'm also doing all over Europe, all over Asia. If you want to say in the last year, uh, I spent three months in Europe last year, a different country every week. 
giving my classes and giving my lectures all over Europe. And um, then I've been in uh, China three times last year uh, giving classes, and I've been doing lecturing there, and I found the Chinese people are extremely receptive to all of this. So I'll be going back there again the end of this year. Uh, trying to think where all I have been, but it was all over Europe and um, China, yeah, and Taiwan. Wow. I went to China to Taiwan, and then I did a, a seminar with Doreen Virtue on the way back from Taiwan in Honolulu. But you know that we then we went to uh, Turkey this year. But, I, but well, I'm going to Europe again in another few weeks after this conference is all over, and we're booked all through the whole year. I'll be in South America in September, and then we're going back to China and to Japan and uh, Turkey. They want me to come back there, and then uh, down to South America. I usually go to South America. I mean, what am I saying? Australia. I'm getting my stuff. Oh, my God. Help. The land down under. So, yeah, we but, go, I go there about once a year and uh, give my classes and lectures at most of the cities in South, in Australia and um, New Zealand. So, I mean, oh. you know, we're all over the place. Right. Well, and, and, you know, Dolores, you've been doing this work for right at 45 years, and you've seen it all. I know you've seen it all. So what would you say is different in 2013 um, from when when you even ten years ago, because you know I, I would just like your take on this because people in my experience are just a little more awake now than they've been, and you know the internet has changed all of us, and you know the internet really didn't hit its zenith till 1994, so here we are, 2013, and things are very different. Oh, extremely different. I've been able to watch the evolvement because you remember. If you back if you remember back 45 years ago when I began in the 1960s, nobody was doing any of this. There was no metaphysics. There was no new age. Nobody knew what reincarnation was. They didn't know about anything about past life regressions. When I got into it by accident, if anything is ever an accident, I would they consider me a pioneer because the only thing we were using hypnosis for was habits. Stop smoking, lose weight, and to relax. So I was one of the very first to get into past life regression. That's why I had to develop my own technique, because there wasn't anybody to teach me anything. So I've been doing all of this a very long time, but I've watched it change. It took nine years to get my first book published. I had to wait till the rest of the world caught up with me. Well, you know, and, and at that time... You know, Florence Scovel Shin with The Game of Life, she self-published that, you know, in the early 1900s, and she was a female metaphysician, and, you know, no one would publish that book. And, you know, to this day, it's still published. But, you know, self-publishing was almost unheard of, you know. you know, It was. That, right. Nobody was doing it back then because there was no way to get into the bookstores. And there still isn't any way to get into the bookstores if you're self-published. But... um Mine just took many different routes, but when I first began to send my first books out, they didn't even know what I was talking about. That's why I had to wait for the rest of the world to catch up. But uh, my first books came out the end of the 80s, but I was writing them through the 70s. And then after that, it's just been one after the other, but they still didn't really understand a lot of it until... I think well, the last 20 years I've seen a big increase, but the last 10 years especially, as you say, everything has just exploded. But I could see when I used to go to the lectures and the conferences, we'd have a lot of skeptics in the audience. And now that's not happening. And everywhere I go now all over the world, and especially in the last oh, three four years, uh, they're getting it. They're understanding it. And the the, the halls are full. They, we pack the people in. But what I've noticed is it's been the Internet generation. It's the younger people. Uh, they they understand it perfectly. It's not strange to them at all. Like no, no, no. They just accept it. You know, and, you know, they... they it's interesting. Spirit Seekers started as a newsletter back in, I don't know, 94. 
95, and 97 is when the magazine started. And the 20 and 30 year olds we find today, they're very conscious about the green, you know, aspect of publishing, and they read everything online. I mean, the first few times it happened where I would walk in someplace with the magazine hot off the presses, and you know, and then I would say, "Oh, I have a new issue. Oh, I've already read it online." <laughs> it's the 20 and 30 year olds. I mean, because, you know, and you look at news, you know, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, everything is online now. And, you know, it's just we're, we're in different times. You know, my, I have a, I have older kids I've raised, you know, from all the way from their 40s, stepchildren, all the way down to my youngest is 15. And he, my 15 year old has grown up with technology. You know, because yeah. he was born in 97. And, you know, he it automatically they go to their iPhones for everything. I mean, it's just they, they have no idea how much information access has changed. Oh, definitely. Because I can see it because, you know, even when I used to do my research for my books back in the 70s and the 80s, I had to go to the university library and I would spend all day in there going over books and books. And they would have to, to send for books for the lending library to bring me books from other places and i mean i did the really hard research now they just go into the internet but um of course i enjoyed that i loved to be able to really hunt for something in a library but i could see the difference in all of that but uh, now in the last couple of years when i'm at a conference people are keep saying we just discovered you we just found you uh-huh. On the Internet, and I said, well, I haven't been hiding. I've been doing this work steadily. I've not stopped for 45 years. But it's like they're suddenly just finding out what I was doing. Right. And they're well, they're getting all of this. They're understanding it. We don't have the skepticism like we used to have in the audiences. So no, they, no, no. They're, they're, they're just, they, they understand. But, you know, for our listeners, and listeners, by the way, we will take questions. So uh, all you have to do is press 1, and um, my uh, pr- producer will know one pound, I think it is, actually. And then my producer will, um, you know, bring you onto the call in just a little bit. But go ahead. If you have questions, go ahead and push the, the 1 and the pound now, and then you'll um, we'll bring you on in just a little bit. But so you can ask anything, anything about the UFO investigations, you know, anything about, you know, the conference and the conference, as uh, Dolores said, starts on the 12th and goes through the 14th. So it's this weekend, you know, yeah. but Dolores, for, for for people that do not know what a UFO investigator is, I, you know, and you've been all over doing this. So I would just like you to share what a and there is no typical, but but what a UFO investigation looks like and who comes together um, to to figure out what is happening and how the government, you know, we, you know, last year we had um, different people from your conference on and, you know, they talked about Area 54 and, you know, some of the hush-hush stuff that, you know, has, has happened with the government in their, um, let's say, good meaning, trying to not frighten people, uh which is just backwards. But at any rate, if you would just kind of share how the, who who calls the investigators together and how does this work? Well, usually, oh, see, they have different organizations, and the main one back when I was doing this was MUFON. That's a mutual UFO network, and they have, um, you know, chapters all over the United States. And when I began in it, there wasn't too many people even in that organization. That's why we would have meetings, and the different states and the investigators would come together at the meetings. And that's when I did my first hypnosis there. But usually uh, someone would call one of these investigators. They're always looking for for answers. You call the police, nobody's going to help you. You call the military, they laugh at you. Right. So they began to find out that there was organizations out there who could probably provide some answers. And they would train these people in the organizations. But they would call one of them and say uh, they thought they had an experience and they wanted to know if we'd come and talk to them. So I would go with these other people and we would just do an interview with them. And as any of my work, you have to be very careful not to lead. You just let them tell their own story and go from there. And many times they would have photos, they would have uh, um, 
Oh, we went out sometimes and would investigate where they had landings, and then you have to take the soil from where the landings are and check it against the soil outside of it. We did a lot of that stuff, sent it in to the MUFON laboratories. And I know one time, they don't do a lot of this anymore, but one time we had as many as four people that had seen the same sighting from different parts of our county. So they all got the same sighting from a different perspective. So we went in and talked to every one of them and got the drawings and the things that they saw. So that's verification in those ways. But it's mostly just doing an interview and talking to the person. If These are sightings. But if they think they've had an abduction experience, then after we do the interview, then I would do the hypnosis with them. And we had these two, especially Lou, and Jerry Blackburn would go with me, and they would uh, listen in on it, and uh, afterwards we would discuss it. So it was all done as professional as we can do it. But there's a lot more investigators out there now. Of course, you know, in the uh, crop circles, you go into the crop circle itself and check those things out there. But that's a professional way of doing it. Mm-hmm. But I've done the hypnosis now in the UFO cases for 25 years. Okay, so Dolores, for the listeners that do not know what a crop circle is, it, I mean, it's, it's to me, they are just so beautiful, and each one is different. And, you know, so so will you explain as if, you know, the listener knows nothing. What is the crop circle and why? And, and they're all over. So why is this um, such a phenomena? And what have you learned through the crop circles with the intelligence uh, happening here? Okay, I was thinking if you haven't heard of a crop circle, you've probably been ha- hiding in a cave somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but some people are like, oh, someone just did that overnight. Right. Oh, I don't no, it, doesn't, so. <laughs> it happens in as many as five minutes. Right. But... Um, no, when it first started, the crop circle phenomena, it's been around for a long time, but when it first began reporting, it was at this UFO conference, and they began bringing photographs, and you know, then it was done with slide projections. And the first ones that we would see would just be circles. That's all they were. And even that was a strange enough phenomenon because they couldn't figure out how they were made. But then, after, as the years went on, it began to get more complicated, and there would be circles, and there would be uh, lines going across them. After about five years or more, uh, then they began forming patterns. And that's when I began going over there in 92, they were forming patterns. But these are made usually in fields, and there's no way the person could even get into the middle of the field to try to fake this. You know, they went through a time saying Doug and Dave were dragging a, a wood around to make these crop circles. That's impossible. If you've ever been in them, you know there's no way a human being could have made them at all because they are so beautiful and so extraordinary. Uh, to me, uh, it looks like a braided rug, the way the uh, grain, it's always different kinds of grain, And usually in the summer, right before they're going to harvest the grain, the grain is flattened, but it's not just flattened. It's interwoven in a pattern. And if I always try to use an example, it's probably not correct, but if you were to take a high-pressure hose and point it at the ground, it would be a center point. And then if you were to open the nozzle and let it spray out, that's the kind of a effect that I see there. It it comes out in a circular motion. And now I know, that's what I found, it's done with energy. But when I was over there investigating, you have straight lines coming into the circles to make the patterns. But when you lift up the grain on the edge of the circle, the straight line goes underneath the circle as though they were put down first and the circle was put on top of them. And uh, the patterns are beautiful. But I'm good friends with Lucy Pringle in England. She's the one that goes up in the airplanes and takes the aerial photographs. And many of these extraordinarily beautiful ones, 
she would fly over the field. There'd be nothing there. They'd come back five minutes later, and this extraordinary pattern would be there. So there's no way any human being could make it that fast. So I don't care what the skeptics say. I've seen fakes, but you you can't fake these. The uh, designs are extremely complex. And in my work, I found out it's a language. The uh, subconscious mind understands symbols. Now, the ETs don't communicate in words. They think we're laughable. We have to put one word behind the other to form a sentence, to form a paragraph, to get an idea across. But all they do, they uh, communicate mind to mind in uh, concepts. So the symbols represent concepts. And if you can look at the symbols, the subconscious mind knows what it means. And it is a language, and it's transferring information into the brain. Now, you don't have to be in the crop circle to get the information all you have to do is see a picture of the symbol. The symbol itself will transfer the information into the brain at a cellular level. And you won't even know what it's transmitting to you. But there will be a time when we're going to need this information, and I believe it's now in the times we're living now, when you need the information, it will come forth and you won't even know where it came from. That's the purpose of the language of the crop circles. So the ETs are trying to help us. Oh, definitely. And one of your speakers, Jeff Wilson, would you like to speak um, just a little bit about uh, the speaker? Yeah, because I was going to bring that up. <laughs> I found him. These are speakers that have never been at this conference before. Uh, they've always had some of the same ones. Well, all of the other investigators with the crop circles have always focused on England because the crop circles tend to appear around the sacred sites where there are vortexes and energy lines. Well, Jeff Wilson has has been investigating the crop circles in America, and that's what he's going to be talking about at our conference, that they're all over the world, but there's a lot in America that nobody ever talks about. Well, and it, you know... Uh it's uh, on your website. It says he has visited well over a hundred during the last twelve years. And, yeah. and are those hundred in the U.S.? Uh, I'm trying or, to remember or, what he said. I think he is mostly focusing on the U.S. Yeah, but he's he probably said, been to the U.K. too. Right, but he's going to be having no. pictures of, of the ones in the U.S. But he says he is the director and co-founder of the Independent Crop Circle Researchers Association. And I think that's mostly focused on the United States. Well, and he received a grant for his thesis uh, from NASA under the Michigan Space Grant Consortium. So what does that say? And then also, uh, in, in his thesis was on to analyze and map geologic reflectivity data from NASA's Lunar Prospector mission. So NASA knows about all this. I mean, oh, is, yeah. is, NASA, is NASA more open and it's just the government umbrella that's like afraid to you know to to let people know like really what's going on oh you know it's the government they know everything is going on and a lot of the stuff you were talking earlier about conspiracy and all of this stuff you got to remember the government is always letting out disinformation and misinformation to confuse people so you a lot of things you hear on the internet i tell people don't really buy it. Ask lots and lots of questions and see if it makes sense. Because the government for many, many years has been putting out things just to cover up what's really going on. And it's, it's to confuse people. That's right. disinformation and misinformation. So that's what we're trying to get out, the real stuff from the people who have been there and done that. And not create fear. The government loves to create fear. To you're afraid, then you're not going to delve into this stuff so much. Well, and you know, it's he looks so young. I mean, this Jeff Wilson looks so young, and I'm like, you know, to have started this work in 1996, to have written this paper, um, he's been on all kinds of different global committees, and he, I mean, he's really, I, I thought, wow, and he's, uh, I mean, it just he just looks like a perfect, perfect person to be yeah. at your conference. 
Well, I'll know more when we see him. It could be an old picture. I've had that happen a lot of times <laughs> at all of our conferences. I know, but still. And, uh, he got his master's degree and all of that. So it, you've got to be in the in college for quite a while to do all that. Yeah, but but can you imagine? I mean, you know, here here's NASA giving him a grant saying, okay, he's already done a lot of research, and the fact that he wants to do a thesis paper on this, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, because you used to be surrounded by all the books in the library. You know what it is to do research. So, what? so. Okay, so he's one of the speakers, and then we also have, let's go to Linda Mooton Howe. Tell oh, us yes. about her. She has been coming there just about as long as I have because, um, you know, I've been going since the beginning, 26 years. She started up, I think, a few years after I'm, I was there, and so she's been there every year since. Now, Linda Mooton Howe, uh, was a TV producer for many years. She did a lot of documentaries on the strange and the unusual. And um, her specialty for many years has always been cattle mutilations. And she, you remember the original uh, TV show Sightings? Yes. That was her baby. She started that wow. in the beginning. And so she's been doing the investigations for a long time. And... Uh, I know she was on uh, Art Bell. She had a regular part of that. She had a half-hour show with that before he would come on. So she's been doing the investigations a very long time. She's very scientifically oriented. She's very detail-oriented. She always wants to make sure everything is correct and it can be proven. So that's where her mind is at. Well, she's a Stanford graduate with a master's degree in communication. She has devoted her documentary, film, all of her television, radio, all the different media, you know, to reporting, you know, what's happening. She's worked in the areas of science, medicine, and environment. Um, she's also written four books on, on this whole, you know, you know, the whole strangeness topics, you know, they're not strange anymore. But um, but she's also, you know, with the animal mutilation, that's global, isn't it? I mean, that's not just, you know, pockets here and there. I mean, this is, I mean, and what is her take on that? Well, she has a different take than I do. But uh, well, yeah, I've been both. listening to her talk about that since she first began investigating it. I think her, she made her first documentary it was way back in the 80s. I think it was called... Uh, Alien Harvest or Strange Harvest or something was the first documentary that she made when she went out, interviewed the farmers, and had the pictures of the cattle. So, I mean, she's been doing this a long time. And I don't know if she's ever come out with a firm um, opinion of what was happening. Now she doesn't talk about the mutilation so much. She's gone off into all these other things in science that she's looking for. But in the um, well, in my work, we found out that cattle mutilations are just checking the food that we eat because they're very concerned. The ETs are very concerned about what we're doing to our bodies, the effect of pollution and the additives in the food, what those are having on our bodies. So the best way to check this is to check the food that we're eating. And if you look at it that way, it makes a lot of sense. You know, Dolores, I just... Um, I have a, a friend in Kansas City that, you know, has helped with Spirit Secure for years, and all of a sudden she just went off the grid, and I thought, you know, I, I checked in, you know, left several messages, didn't hear from her, but um, I heard from her today right before the show, and she said that she has a lump in her breast that has been growing bigger and bigger. They've done all kinds of, you know, she's done cleanses and all kinds of other things, and what they have found is that it's from chemicals, um uh the stuff that they've used in the fields in you know to to you know the pesticides and everything yeah. and and here she is you know like that's they know she has high levels in her body now this is a health conscious woman who has these high levels of pesticides in her body i mean so is that your take on it is that am i in the right direction with where you're going to go with your take on this well, it's the government. You know, they're the ones that, you know, the people are the ones who are poisoning with the insecticides. You know that. Right. Just right. Uh, today on the CNN, they were saying they're finding lead in baby food. Oh, and they grief. said, uh, why did that happen? And they said it's not enough to be concerned about, but they said still you don't want 
not to be in baby food. And they found out it, the vegetables were safe, but it was coming from the soil that they were being grown in. Well, and she was saying it's termite pesticides and Roundup. Oh, yes. They've had proved that Roundup is a bad one. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so so isn't that interesting that the aliens are trying to communicate to us, don't eat this food? Yeah. In my I mean, work, constantly yeah. saying that. They're telling you what you should eat, and it's not this stuff that we're eating. Wow. Where I live here in Arkansas, though, they don't use a lot of the poisons and things. It makes a big difference. If you can try to get organically grown food, that's your best bet if you can do it. You can find it. Well, you know, and now this new fish that they've crossed over with eel genes with salmon and, you know, to make this new, um, I forget the name of the fish, monk. I, I, I don't want to say the wrong name, but I just received several, you know, Facebook has changed our world. You know, now with Facebook, you know, you can post something and all of a sudden thousands and thousands and thousands of people are reading it. But, you know, this is the new thing, the genetic, genetically altered salmon. So you think you're just buying a piece of salmon and, and you know, once again, it's been modified. And with, I don't know, I just think it's fascinating that, that um the aliens are trying to communicate with us in whatever way they know how. Yeah, because in Europe, they're not importing genetically modified meats or vegetables because they don't want it in those countries. Well, it's and they coming also, from here. It's coming yeah. from America. Right, and, you know, they've, they've pretty much, you know, ruled out our beef. They won't take a lot of our vegetables, and, and there's a difference. They don't go shopping for a week and, like, stick it in the refrigerator or the freezers. You know, they, they know the importance of fresh food, fresh mm-hmm. vegetables, and, you know, et cetera. And, you know, America is, I don't know, it's, it's, just, it's, it's just like mass production of everything. Yeah, well, see, in Europe, they only have a little bitty tiny refrigerator, and they they go to the, the uh, store about every other day. Right. But, um, yeah, but see, that's our bodies, though, have been adapting to all of this, all this time. And that's one thing. It's been adapting to handle this. The body is a wonderful machine, and it can adjust to, you know, handling the different uh, things we're doing. But, I mean, don't push it. You can just you can get to the point where it's not going to be able to handle it. Right. That's the thing. So I want to give the website um, ozarkconference.com, and um, that will take you to the UFO, ozarkufoconference.com. Uh, you can go to either one. Um, but, but at that site, you're going to find all of the information on the speakers, the schedule, you know, the hotel and venue. Um, if you have questions, there's a contact us with all how to reach Ozark Mountain Publishing. Um and, you know, so let's talk about the other speakers. I want to make sure we cover everybody. Uh, and I then... do want to talk about Jaime Marsant. Okay. He's coming from Mexico. And he has the 60 Minutes in Mexico. He is a highly respected investigator, and Mexico is a hot spot. He's been on all these TV shows, Ancient Astro- Aliens, all of that. He is bringing a tremendous amount of, of pictures, videos, and footage of fantastic UFOs everywhere. And I just talked to him, and he said, I'll be bringing the latest cutting news that they have had a lot of sightings in St. Petersburg, Russia, and he had as many as 10 people photographing the same UFOs. He said, I'm going to bring you the latest in developments from all over the world. And we're going to have him talk on Saturday night, and I said, you can go as long as you want, because he has a tons of information and pictures and videos. Well, you know, when you think about Mexico with all of the pyramids and all of, you know, they're still discovering, like, the underground pathways of the Mayans and, you know, I mean, you know, that's covered with vegetation. But at one time there was such a you know, a network, like, back and forth, you know, way before, you know, when you think about the communication system that they had between the different pyramids and, and you know, the ancient civilizations. So what did, what is his take on, uh, okay, like, Mexico, you know, Sedona is just kind of known for it, um, but, but another hotspot in the U.S., my understanding anyway, is Wisconsin. Uh, I haven't heard about Wisconsin, but I've been to Sedona many times. But, uh, you know, there is a lot going on in Mexico and the other places because 
there's a whole underground civilization, and the entrances to the underground civilizations are underneath the pyramids. But I do want to tell you about Ted Phillips. Uh, I met him, oh, many years ago, and he discovered he was in um, Slovenia, and he found this, it's like a UFO inside of a mountain, and the mountain has grown around the the craft. You imagine how long it would have to be there for the mountain to grow around it. And they have discovered an entrance into the uh, the craft, whatever it is. And he, when he's investigating it, he has to be very careful. Nobody follows him, and it's out in the middle of nowhere where there's snakes and there's bandits. And he goes there and investigates this. So he's going to be talking about his latest research with this. And um, that's Ted Phillips. So there you're talking about something underground. But also we're going to be talking about, oh, see, who is the man here with the Bosnian pyramids? Oh, I have heard about him. You know, so and, and I, you I know, just, that's, this is fascinating. So, so let's hear about this. Nigel Grace, we're bringing him from England, and he has been part of the archaeological team that has been unearthing these pyramids in Bosnia. And when they see the pictures of them, they have, uh, um, I'm going to call it, vegetation all over them. That's why they were so hard to recognize. Right. When they went down into them, they found tunnels underneath them, and he's going to be talking about what they found when they went into these tunnels. So there's a lot more on this earth than people know that they haven't even begun to understand. Well, and, you know, we're, you know, spirit seekers in St. Louis, but we have migrated all through, you know, the Midwest. We're in Arkansas, we're in Kansas, we're in Chicago. And, you know, you know, we have the um, Cahokia Mounds. And then when I was in Ohio, there's also, like, mounds there. And, you know, it's just... It's just fascinating to me, you know, how much is in the Midwest. Yeah, see, I grew, I grew up in St. Louis. I know about Cahokia. Because yeah. I, oh. I lived there, and Cahokia is on the other side of the river by East St. Louis. Right, it's just like right across, you know, and there you oh. are, and like this whole other experience with, you know, these mouths. Where did they come from? It's like, you know, right here, people just... You know, a lot of people have never even been there, which is surprising to me, but, you know. Um, but, it's but like one, you never know what's in your own backyard. That <laughs> happens a lot. <laughs> so, Dolores, you know, to work with all of these people and to be on the, the cutting-edge front end of all of this, what does it feel like to be going in and out of Turkey, in and out of China? In and, I mean, this has to just be like, you know, you have to be in awe always, with with this because I've seen you you've been a keynote speaker at one of the spirit seeker conferences and you know you make all of this so normal and you know people just sit there on the edge of their chair just waiting you know they you know you you're just so such a natural teacher but to be with all of these great minds and then to pull together this whole conference even though you've been involved with it what a fabulous gift you're giving all of us well if you do it these many years uh, it becomes normal. I just have this curiosity. I want to learn. I want to know everything. I want to know the meaning of things. I want to ask lots of questions. So that's where I guess it becomes normal. So even the strange and the weird and the unusual becomes commonplace after a while, I guess you would say. Oh, I know. And, you know, right now with, you know, we have the the Long Island medium, we have, you know, the horse whisperer, the ghost whisperer. I mean, you know, there's just so many different shows now, you know, yeah. about psychic abilities and, and the phenomena that, you know, at one time, you know, we would never have had a reality show around a psychic, you know, and, and you know, it's just times have changed. Well, thinking that shows you people are waking up. Right. Because uh, the all the way the media is doing it, people are understanding this. Before they didn't think we would understand. I think we would have. They just uh, underestimated us. But now, yes, they they're understanding it because it's all coming out. Our minds are developing. Our psychic abilities are waking up. Well, you know, and that was one of the things things about Egypt. You know, the the Hathers. You know, they telepathically communicated, and that's what the UFOs, you know, 
to me, this intelligence and, you know, they're, they're way advanced compared to us, you know. And I'll never forget, one time I was doing this reading for this lady and, you know, I never met her before. And the sister was, it was unusual. The sister, they were sisters and they were like, we want to hear each other's readings. I said, okay, but you can't sit right next to each other. I want to be able to just be with the one. So here I am with this gal and, you know, all of a sudden I just said to her, I said, if you are not seeing extraterrestrials, do not be surprised when they show up. And she said, stop the tape. And she looked at her sister and she said, I told you and you thought I was crazy. And, uh-huh. I, said, uh-huh. and I, I took your, your book off the shelf, and I forget the, forgive me for getting, forgetting the title, but it was the one with the E.T., the alien right on the front. I said, do they look like this? And she goes, that's it. She said, they're coming in through my eye. <laughs> And, you know, her sister just didn't quite know what to think, you know, and, but I, but this lady, you know, you know, was bipolar and had all kinds of other things going on. So a lot of people thought she was just crazy, but she wasn't, she was just more awake and connected to the energies of all of this. Yeah, because usually they can't talk to anybody because nobody will understand. Right. And I get these kind of clients all the time coming to my office. Because uh, they can talk to me where they can't talk to the average person out there. And it makes it good for them to know that there's many, many other people just like them that also think they're weird and strange and they can't talk to anyone. But they're telling me, well, finally I find out I'm not alone out here. This makes such a big difference. Right. I can remember in 1996 when uh, Spirit Seeker did their first holistic conference, and I was like... I forget the name. It was uh, it was like 45 minutes outside of St. Louis. It was in Festus. There was this radio show in Festus, and I was invited on to come talk about the um, the Holistic Expo. And at the commercial time, this guy, the producer, you know, you're in the studio. This, you know, this is way before internet radio, you know, where we can reach way more people through, you know, beaming it. But you know, at this time, here I am in Festus, Missouri. And since you're from St. Louis, you know, or you lived here, you know, Festus, Missouri is out in the middle of nowhere. This guy swivels around his chair the minute we're on commercial break, and he says, "I was abducted." And he said, "He said, have you have you ever talked to anyone who's been abducted?" And I said, "You know." I don't know that I've actually had an experience of talking to someone. But since, you know, and he just wanted to talk about it, and I listened because, you know, that's, I always learn. I'm a seeker. That's why it's called Spirit Seeker. And since then, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who have had the abduction experience. And most people just think they're crazy. And, you know, but not anymore. Not not with the numbers, you know, that are that are happening. See, that's why in my work, too, I see, the, hear the same thing again and again and again. There's so much similarity. They could not make these things up because they don't know what other people have said and they don't know what I have heard. But to me, it's just the same thing again and again and again. So I know it's real. There's no way they could make up these experiences. Okay, so let's let's segue into Larry Flaxman, best-selling author of Eleven Eleven, the Time Prompt Phenomenon, the meaning behind mysterious signs, sequences, and synchronicities. And you know, you've you've worked with Doreen Virtue. You know, she wrote the book on the numbers and the angels, and you know, um, but this guy has uh, the Larry Flaxman. You know, talks about the Eleven Eleven and and you know all the numerology, et cetera. So let's, you know, what is he going to talk about at the conference? He's going to talk about the extraterrestrials, time travel, and propulsion. In addition to the numbers, he's going to tell what he's found out about how they travel through time and how the ships are propelled. So that ought to be interesting. You know, I I had not watched this show in a long time, the one with Jody Foster. Um, yeah. I just saw it again the other night. and it, That's so did I. So, so you know, and remember the nine minutes that just disappeared, you know, it's like, so, I mean, that movie, Close Encounters, that's what I was like, what is the name of that movie? It Close was Encounters. Contact. The movie was Contact. Contact, I'm sorry, Contact, I said the wrong thing. Oh. But that that was like the first, you know, like here she is in front of a panel and being grilled on her belief systems, and at the end, when she's describing, you know, when she's sent back to Earth and she's describing what it was like, you know, anyone watching that movie, and, and I, I forget what year that was 
done, but I mean, it's been a while. But yeah. that that was like making contact, and you know the love that she felt. So is oh, that yeah. the, is that the common? I mean, do you hear this over and over again? Like, almost, yes, yes. Okay. I in my twenty five years of doing this with hundreds and hundreds of cases of UFOs, I have never once found a negative experience. Never once. It's always been positive and very loving, because. See, I work in the deepest possible level of trance. If you work in that level, it's impossible to make anything up. But the main thing is we get the conscious mind out of the way. The conscious mind is where the fear is and the emotion, and it colors the experience, and it distorts what they remember. You get the conscious mind out of the way, you get the real story, and it's always the same. It's it's beautiful. Well, There's and Larry a lot Flexen, more to it, but we haven't got time to go into it. I that's know. My, we're almost running my, out of time. I <laughs> book the Three Waves of Volunteers explains all of this phenomena and how it hooks into the UFOs. And it's beautiful and wonderful when you understand why they're coming, what, why they're here. And it's, it's beautiful, and they are total love. Okay, so tell me again the name of the title of the book you just described, because I think I talked over it. Okay, it's it was one I I wrote two books in one year, and that was the last ones I wrote. The Three Waves of Volunteers and the New Earth. Dolores, you've written so many. The convoluted, uh, convoluted Universe. I mean, on and on. I mean, I have several on my bookshelves, and I just, you know, when I read them, I'm just like, how did she channel all of this information? And you know, you, you I didn't just, channel. Remember, I don't that's channel. Right. No, it just you just I research it and the information just appears to you because you're the oh. you're the voice. No. I'm the reporter. All of this information in all of my seventeen books comes from my clients that come to me for therapy. And they're coming with problems and questions and I have to help them with their problems. And we do a lot with healing. That's what my technique is about. We have instant healing in one session. So what information comes from them during their session? I'm just a reporter, the investigator, the researcher of lost knowledge. I just ask tons of questions, and then the information comes out, and I write about it as a reporter. But it doesn't come from me at all. I'm the one that puts the pieces of the puzzle together. But we know the law of attraction, and we know that the people find their way to you, myself included. And you, you know, you just helped me so much in the session that I had with you. And oh my gosh! But I, but let's let's talk about your last speakers. You have Larry. I do not know how to say this name. Kekander. The Kander. The Kander. Okay. Yeah, and that is a quite a, a fascinating um, speaker because I knew Bob White. He was a partner with Bob White, and Bob White is the one who found this object that fell off of a UFO. And it's quite a fascinating story. I knew him back when it first happened, and that's been maybe 16 years ago. And he had me look at it when he first found it. But he was parked, uh, sitting out, you know, with a woman in a car at night, and they saw this UFO, and it was sitting on the ground. So they drove over by it. And when they did, it took off. And when it did, this Red, white, hot object fell out of the bottom of the UFO, and it dug itself into the ground. Well, he got there, and, you know, he couldn't pick it up right away because it was really hot. Waited until it cooled down, and he got it. And for the last, I don't know, maybe since the 80s, been trying to get people to look at it and tell them what it is. And he went to all the uh, laboratories. He went to Los Alamos, but they wanted to take it and and examine it. And he wasn't going to let it out of his sight. He but would never I've never have seen, seen it any, again. I've never seen anything like it. It's big. It's huge, and um, it has now been analyzed. Bob died about three years ago, and this was his friend Larry um, Sikander was his friend who was helping him to try to find somebody to just look at this and tell it what it is. And so when he died, it was after they'd handled, analyzed. And he was on, Bob White appeared on the History Channel, and I said, well, finally, somebody's listening to you, Bob. 
But then he died under mysterious circumstances, and now Larry promised him, I will keep fighting with this to let show people what this is. So he's going to be there to show people the object and to talk about the analysis. The analysis shows it did not come from Earth. So that ought to be fascinating. I'll tell you what, this conference conference is going to be fabulous. And then, of course, Nigel Grace. Oh, yeah. Oh, let me see. Nigel and then Grace, we also have the, the Hertex. So, uh, you know, we, we have talked a... about Nigel. Nigel is the one with the Bosnian pyramids. Okay, so let's go to the Hertex. Oh, yeah. The Hertex are very famous. They have been around for a long time. He wrote The Keys of Enoch, if you know that book. Yes. And he's into very complicated science. But... Um, I've known him for many years, but he said the way he found this all out, he had ETs appear to him in his room and years, a long, long time ago, before he got into any of this. And they took him on board the craft and was teaching him all of these things. So he has some of the most complicated uh, metaphysical physics information, and that's where he's written all these wonderful books that are only for scientists to really understand. So he's been around a long time, too. Well, and he's been involved with Egypt. What? He's been involved with Egypt, with the archaeological work. Yeah, he's done a lot of that. Right. I'm trying to find Worked it. in Brazil with the indigenous people. He's, you know, worked, you know, the the he's helped people understand the Merkaba and the light body and yeah. his website is uh, futurescience.org. I mean, so he's going, what is he going to be talking about at the conference? I mean, this guy's got so much information. You can just, well, both of them. I know. He's going to be explaining how life began throughout the universe. Wow. So he's an excellent speaker also. So that's what I mean. The only changes I'm making in this conference was bringing in new blood. Right. People that have they've never heard before, and you know, to get them exposed to it here. Okay, so I want to mention it's OzarkUFOConference.com. It's this weekend. All of the information is on the website. It's it's you know everything's there. And if there's uh, if you you know need to contact them with any other questions, um, you know you can contact them. It's at the west best western end of the Ozarks in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, which I bet. Dolores, Arkansas is just beautiful right now because everything's starting to blossom. Well, they're getting some buds on the trees. (laughs) Well, you know, in St. Louis, we hit snow. We hit snow two weeks ago, like huge amounts, like 10 to 12 inches. So, but, you know, I was at the Botanical Gardens over the weekend, and I thought, oh, spring is coming. (laughs) It's supposed to be. But I want to tell people, if you were planning on coming to this conference, it may be totally sold out. Because okay. that's how many pre-registered we've got. It's going to be the biggest conference we've ever had in 26 years. Wow. Oh, they're telling me all the hotels in town are sold out. So it's going to be such a big crowd. I hope it doesn't happen, but I'm afraid we're going to have to be turning them away at the doors. Right. So, Dolores, are they able to uh, buy DVDs, or are you are you offering that with anything where if they can't make it, that they can, you know, get the conference? Is it videotaped or anything? Well, that's what my daughter and this uh, they're doing all of this. They said now there's a new technology that I have never heard of before, so it won't be a physical DVD like it used to be. Now it's going to be all done electronically on the Internet. Oh, this is the new thing. This is like the books where the books uh the the books now will have video links right in the middle of the books. Hmm. Because so that's it doesn't said, yeah. That's the new way of doing it now. They people will, you know, they'll pay for it and then they'll click in, download the whole conference on Fabulous. I guess a flash drive or CDs and I don't know how they're going to do it cuz I said this is totally new. Now is this Julia handling this? Oh, well, we have a TV crew that's coming in, and they're going to explain it to people. Before, we always made DVDs and sold them at the conference, but now it's going to go this new way. So it'll be available online. So we'll have to have them explain what's going on with that. Okay, so this 
listeners, this is Dolores Cannon. She's a brilliant past life regressionist and hypnotherapist who's developed her own uh, technique to retrieve, to help people retrieve the lost knowledge. She's been cataloging all of this. She's written so many different books. She's been, you know, she has her own publishing house that has helped people, you know, since she knew how hard it was to get her first book published. She's been a catalyst in many, many different people's lives with helping them, you know, you know, get their information out there. She works in the UK, has a publishing house there. She travels all over the world and teaches. And to be invited into Turkey, I mean, Dolores, uh, I mean, you just, that that was a coup. But you've been in and out of Russia. You've been out of China. You've been all over. Yeah. And we are having our other conferences in July. That's the metaphysical conference where our speech, our authors will be featured at that one. Well, and let's talk about the cruise really fast before our show's over. You have a cruise coming up, too, in the fall. Yeah, because we thought, you know, we're giving so many classes. And we thought, wouldn't it be nice if you could combine the class with a vacation? <laughs> so that's what we're going to do. We had to have a, uh, 10 days, two weeks, I think it is, because that's the only way you can get five days in there at sea, because we can only do the class when we're at sea. So it's... Um, Ten, it's two weeks, I think it is, but we'll have the class and we'll also have stops in South America and in Mexico as we go through the Panama Canal. It's a Panama Canal cruise. Wow. That would be interesting. And this is October 19th through November 2nd, Quantum Healing Hypnosis Therapy at Sea. So are they? Are you offering a certification program while they're, while they're on the cruise? Oh, yes. We are totally certified now. Anyone who takes our class are certified to practice this anywhere in the world. And, you know, I have my other classes, and um, but, you know, we do them on, you know, on the, we have them here in Arkansas, and then we're doing them all over the world, the classes. But it is totally certified, and anyone who takes the class on the ship will be the same thing. It will be certified. Oh, my gosh. So if you have wanted to learn more about, you know, what Dolores is offering, this is the time to do it, and you're on a cruise ship. You're, you know, I mean, that, this is fabulous, Dolores. This is, like, so, so wonderful, and I hope Spirit Seeker can be part of that and helping you promote that, and maybe we'll even cover the event. You know, wouldn't that be lovely? I would I would love to join you. So <laughs> We wanted something different, and that's different. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you for all that you're doing, all that you're offering. And listeners, remember... You can uh, like the show that helps Blog Talk. No, we we know you're listening. We get the stats. So um, remember, everything's archived, and if you want to be added to our sacrosanct email list, we do not sell it, but we do, of course, let you know about conferences such as the ones Dolores is offering. Um, so we send you an email when the radio shows, uh, you know, who our speakers are. We let you know about, you know, when the magazine's online, the articles. All you have to do is send us an email to info at spiritseeker.com, and if uh, you like us on Blog Talk Radio, uh, it just it just helps. We're now a featured show, and you know that's because you're listening. And you know you can send the links, you can share it with friends, and this is you know technology has changed so much, Dolores, and it's just beautiful, oh, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I up with it. <laughs> okay, so from my mind to yours, I beam you love and gratitude, and just thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule, you know, to to be part of the show and help so many people because we have global listeners. So may you be blessed from all that you're doing, and so it is. Thanks okay? for asking. All right. Okay. All right. Thanks everyone, and good night, and thanks, Dolores. Okay.
Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.